0: Go check it out today, www.gprstabilizers.com, or call 619-661-0101. Don't forget to tell them ATV Talk name. Donna Ellsworth, thank you for coming on ATV Talk, and how are you, young lady?
1: Good, thanks for having me. Just, uh, you know, living the dream.
0: Oh, just, you're racing ATVs and, and and having a good time, I'm assuming
1: yeah absolutely we're on summer break right now so it's a little weird but uh looking forward to getting back out there in September
0: yeah when it's still going to be hot
1: oh yeah it's going to be uh it's going to be a burner
0: well you live in in Arizona uh correct
1: correct yeah I live on the sun
0: (laughs) (laughs) so so does the does the hotter times of the year affect you at all
1: um, I mean, I live in Havasu, so obviously it's hot. Um, when we're racing, I feel like it gives me an advantage in, if it is, does happen to be hot because I'm used to it sort of acclimated. Um, I work out in it all day. Um, so I guess, you know, in a sense it does affect me, but I don't think it's like as negative as it would be for somebody who's maybe in a cooler climate most of the time. So,
0: yeah, I always like the hotter. The hotter yeah. it is, better for me. Absolutely. When it's cold, yeah. I'm just miserable.
1: Yeah, I'd much rather it be hot. I don't really like snow. I, I like to visit it, but not to live in it. It's No, thank you.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't even want to visit it. <laughs> I'm, I'm totally good. Let's it let's yeah. hot, you know, and, and, and call it good. Exactly. Because how much easier is it to work in the heat than it is to work when you're all bundled up in a jacket and maybe you have to wear gloves?
1: Exactly. Yeah, it's definitely, I mean, there's pros and cons to both, but if I had to choose, I'd rather work out in the heat. You can fix, you know, you can cool off and stuff a little easier than you can with hypothermia and all that.
0: <laughs> hey, once I'm cold, it's, it's over.
1: I'm yeah, not. pretty much. Hot tub time.
0: <laughs> Something just, just get me out of the cold. But let's, let's find out a little bit more about Donna. A um, little bit of backstory on how you got into race and quads. And uh, tell us where you come from.
1: It's kind of funny, actually. I think the general thing for a lot of females in particular is they usually get introduced to racing uh, via their like boyfriend or husband or maybe a friend or something like that. So my first quad ride ever was, I think, Valentine's Day weekend 2004. My uh, boyfriend at the time and ex had, we did a dune trip to Dumont and I rode some automatic little quad and I was hooked. I was, so I got my first quad, of 400 EX in like October of that year. So it was a little bit of a stretch, but uh, once that happened, I think I rode the dunes for, I don't know, about a year, year and a half. And my first race was 2006. And it was supposed to be the works have a suit race. I drove all the way out there from Vegas where I lived at the top uh, but I didn't know about the hour time change. And so I missed my race and I didn't know that there were other classes that women could race, which is a, you know, a good topic to cover as well. So I left. And so then my first race became the Alano GP. Um, I'm not sure. Sh- I'm sure you're familiar with it. Um, yeah. back, back in its glory days, um, when the pit vipers and stuff were running it. And so that was a wake up call. I was on the 400 EX, Uh, the tires were bald. People were giving me crap on the line. Like, who are you? What are you doing? Why are you racing a quad that has like bald? it had this bald stock tires on it, but I was hooked. I mean, it beat the crap out of me. I had no experience, nobody I knew raced. um, So, but I sort of have an addictive personality. Once I find something I like, I just sort of swan dive all the way in.
0: And it's been a number of years it's yes. Nothing but progress.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's been a long, long journey. You know, the beginning was a little rough because there wasn't a whole lot of options for women back then. Um, but we were lucky enough to have an option, which I'm super thankful for, uh, cause it would have been a little brutal in the men's class, uh, starting out. Well, I mean, actually I did race the men's class. So, but yeah, you know, it's nice to have options and I'm glad that, uh, we're getting somewhere now, uh, to increase that even more
0: so it's exciting stuff on the way and you did message me that you had a conversation with Randy Perry I know we're going to jump around here a bit but yeah he is open to a professional woman's class for you guys to make it legitimate
1: absolutely so I um you know we did our our podcast with the girls um a few months ago or I can't remember when that was um and I had mentioned that I was having those thoughts. And before we did the podcast, I had kind of gotten together with, uh, Tori and Lane specifically to ask them if I approached Randy and asked for this, is this something that they would be interested in? Cause I didn't, it doesn't do any good if I, you know, go after it and then, you know, nobody wants to step up into that class. I mean, I, I, doubt that any, you know, that they were going to say no, but it's still, I wanted to cover my basis before I actually went and talked to Randy. And so, um, I did, I finally got my opportunity. I didn't really want to do it over the phone or through text or email. I wanted to kind of be face-to-face because I, you know, I like to read body because, you know, just, you can read a lot rather than, you know, lots lost in context through like text and, and stuff like that. So anyway, I met with him out at the track just happened to run into him and I kind of teed it up like hey I've got something I kind of wanted to go over with you you got a second and then that's when I opened it up and I mean he was open to it right from the get-go there was no like resistance he had some questions wanted to know how I thought it would look and then I mean he's been nothing but supportive so it's, it's exciting I'm I'm from what I gather, I mean, I need like a, you know, what would you call it? It's not in writing, but he said that he thinks he can make that happen, and that he he has the funds and stuff to make that a a, a thing, but it won't happen till next year.
0: And and uh, everything that I've talked to him about, he's game to listen, and he dissects it. Absolutely going to work for the work series, if he agrees with it or disagrees with it is not, is not the question. If, if it's going to fit his series, he's going to put it in.
1: Absolutely. That's one thing I love about Randy and the whole, you know, Perry crew. I mean, they're out there working their butts off and they're there for us, you know, and he's, he definitely knows what it takes to progress the sport and their series. And that takes, you know, I always joke, you know, as a business owner and just experience, you know, a lot of people miss the fact that you got to spend money to make money a lot of times. And sometimes that spending happens, you know, well long before you actually start making the the profits. So I'm glad that he sees the pros to having a women's pro class. You know, I mentioned some of the things I mentioned to him were that, um, you know, it might open up the class structure a bit, meaning it might make it, easier for women who are actual beginners to step up and race the beginner class and have a chance at. You know, everybody wants to do well, you know, nobody wants to go out and get spanked by like their whole class or get lapped or anything like that. So, I think that will help this whole scenario. Plus it gives little girls something to aspire to and that's achievable, you know. And then the other the big one I said was is that I think it would open up the opportunity for people to come from the East Coast Because the East Coast has a women's pro class. And the problem with with that in the past is, is that they're not going to come over here typically and race the women's A class because it's below pro sanction, you know, and so it's just frowned upon. Right. Right you know, and most organizations actually won't allow that. And so they may not even realize that it's an option for them to race the A class. So I think with it, opening that up, who knows, we could get more women from the the East coast to come out and, you know, bang bars with us. And, you know,
0: I've spoken to the ladies in the motocross side of it and they're, they're up for it.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Love to come out to the West coast and try it out as they wish that you ladies would travel to the East coast and try theirs, you know, and and give it a, a give it a whirl as well. Yeah, Um, absolutely. I think that allowing the, the three series to intermingle is only going to grow the sport for everyone, not just the women's class. No, absolutely. Grow it for everyone.
1: Well, and the cool thing too, is, is, you know, a lot of couples or families race together. So if you have a woman who races pro on the East coast and she comes out here, there's a good chance she's going to be bring a crew with her. So that only increases the numbers in those classes that they're going to bring, you know, whether it be a pro male or amateur racers or anything like that. So I, I think it's exciting. It'll be something new and, you know, we sort of get to pave the way with that. So I'm excited for it.
0: I think it's awesome. Uh, I was excited for you guys when when you called me and or you texted me and told me that that he was a uh, uh, game for it. I was pretty excited.
1: You know? Yeah, I was. I was a little shocked how supportive he was with it. I, I mean, Randy's a great guy, so I. I mean, I didn't expect him to be rude or anything like that, but I mean, he just didn't bat an eyelash, like. He it was just like immediately accepting, and so that's one thing. I mean, they bring a fresh perspective, I think, to the work series. I know we touched on this with the uh, previous podcast, but I really like what they're doing with the series, and it's it's kept us involved and in wanting to continue because we were pretty close to wanting to retire about two years ago, uh, okay. just just before the whole uh, transfer of ownership with the work series between the
0: Redishes and. Nothing, nothing against Sean, but it was getting stagnant. Yeah. I think that's
1: just par for the course. I mean, he'd been doing it what, 14 years or so or
0: more. I think when they, I think when they went away from the program where they had the, the, the A and B classes split, you know, so you raced a in the morning or you roast the uh, production in the morning and the open in the afternoon and they had a pro and an open class.
1: It made everything exciting.
0: Well, the pros got to race three times. And yeah. I have an hour format. What's wrong with racing? Okay. Let's race three times. You know, yeah. that, gives the, that gives them, okay. In the production race, if something goes wrong, you can race the open class. exactly. Uh, and if you don't want to race the open, then you can wait till the next day to race the regular pro, pro class.
1: Right. Well, and that was also too back when, I mean, you actually legitimately had to, re- uh what do you call a uh, qualify for pro-am? Like it wasn't a given, you know? And so I think when they kind of combined everything and they were trying to fit so much into a small amount of time, and then they were trying to put the side-by-sides with the quads and then the dirt bikes and all three at the same weekend. Yes. By doing that, I think they sort of, I don't want to blame it completely on that, but I think it sort of killed it, you know, like, people started sort of leaving or bowing out because they weren't getting those same opportunities. I mean, I would love to bring back hot pits, um, the enduro cross sections, like the course for the pro pro am should be different than the main, the main or, you know, the regular races, the amateur races. I think it adds Absolutely. a certain level of excitement. Plus I think the pros and proams deserve it. Like
0: let's, yeah, but let's not destroy the bikes.
1: No, I mean, yeah, we I mean I love Timmy, but <laughs> you know, the whole uh what was that a concrete barrier? His poor quad. <laughs> I mean, I love to watch it, but
0: do <laughs> you obviously miss the videos he sent me for coming on the podcast? He was climbing over logs. Oh, for sure. Cars. Yeah, I'm just laughing. I, I laugh because he'll do anything. He's crazy. Oh yeah. He
1: was a he was a showman for sure. He definitely he knew how to entertain us in the crowd. Um, I remember Washington, you know, straddle they did the enduro cross, uh, thing that one actually wasn't the worst. Some of them were just regular. One was at Glen Helen. They actually had to change it in the middle of the race. It was just so hard. Yeah, I don't know if you remember that one.
0: I was so unhappy with that section because it yeah. was brutal. I mean, it just destroyed bike parts. And, yep. and I wanted. to, I want the level to be raised, yeah, but you know, let's keep it in perspective. We're already spending way more money than we should be on oh already. for sure,
1: no, it should be doable, but it should be different, like you know, throw in some logs, some smaller lot, whatever, you know, some tires and stuff,
0: yeah, just break it up, you know, break yeah. up the tires, the logs,
1: and they've been doing oh. that, they've done some water water options, some tire options. My only thing with the water is it should be either jumpable or if you have to go through it, you know, quads are different than dirt bikes because our air boxes, right. You know? And so if it's too deep, then you risk motor failure,
0: but it also you know? destroys the bike running through the muck.
1: Oh, for sure. You know, your all your connector, you know, your tie rods, your, sh- yeah. So yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. there's definitely
1: a, I know we probably differ there because I, you know, I like it to be a little different, but yeah, it tears the bikes up. So finding some happy medium between that, but I I think the hot pits would be a lot of fun. I know it's probably something to do with liability, maybe on why they stopped doing it.
0: I don't, I don't know. I never, I never asked that question, but I would bet it's liability or it's manpower to work it correctly. True. you know, that you want to keep it safe.
1: I don't know if it stopped when they had all those um spectator casualties at certain events and then I don't know if certain laws were pa- you know certain things were passed that you know spectators I don't know that's kind of what I thought maybe
0: I never I never got in depth with it you know I really didn't I know that it brought a different level to the spectator base
1: Absolutely well and I think too that comes with if you're going to have that it only works if you really have pitting and stuff, right? Like that's what makes it exciting. So that means that the pro race needs to go longer than an hour and a half.
0: Or you mandatory have a pit.
1: Or have a mandatory pit. Yeah. So I definitely think it should be 90 minutes. Is it? I can't remember if they've changed hour it to
0: 15 now.
1: Yeah, it should be at least 90.
0: And and, and you know what I agree with that. Or you know, keep it an hour and 15 and make a mandatory pit. Yeah. And, you
1: know, one you of know. those two. But I used to love the fact that it was longer. I mean, because I typically takes me a little bit to get warmed up. So I tend to do better in the longer races. Um,
0: I don't disagree. You know, it separates, it separates the classes.
1: It just makes a little different, you know, it adds a little bit. It's not just about speed. It's about endurance too. you know, and combining the two bike prep. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And your pit. You know, yeah. it's not just you. If your crew sucks, you're going to, you're going to, you have the potential. It could be the difference between first and third,
0: you know? Well, yeah. Or DNF because yeah. they don't change the wheel right, or they don't change it fast enough or you won't exactly. go on gas. I mean, so many different things can come up. Trust me. I shorted Eichner on gas one time and <laughs> still has never let me live it down. I bet. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it, it is it is what it is. You you, we always calculated it to the drop,
1: right? Well, because it's weights, it's it, everything matters. So how
0: fast you dump? I mean, from setting the the, the dump can on the the dry brake to pulling it away is just a matter of you know a fractions of seconds. And well, when I <laughs> pulled it away too soon, there was no gas transfer. So Ruff, I, <laughs> well, what what are you gonna do? I, I mean, how can I look the guy in the eye at the end of the race and go, dude, it's my fault? Uh, I mean, I, yeah. I I had to. I said, Yeah, I didn't put gas in your tank. Sorry, dude.
1: Yeah, that's just one of those teachable
0: moments. <laughs> we, never hurt. That, we never made that mistake again. Nope, it only happens once. Oh, it's it's still embarrassing, um, still learning, but I like to wear my mistakes because it only makes me better and it, And sometimes, you know, this is just from what I'm told, not from what I believe. Sometimes that people think that we're unreachable. We're We're totally human. We put our pants on one leg at a time. I just like everybody else. (laughs) I just happen to build quads. Right. You know, there's plumbers, there's carpenters, there's all these people that do all these other amazing things. Police and firemen, military, and you know, we think some of those people walk on water. When they're just like us, they, yeah, their pants on one leg at a time. They still got to tie their shoes unless they're Velcro. (laughs) Hey, those exist. (laughs) They do. They do. You know, we're all going to get there at some point, right? Yep. We came from Velcro. We're going to go back to Velcro. That's what they say. It's circle of life. There you go. So I I think that I was going to talk to Randy about, Hey, examine the, the program layout and you want to increase the numbers? Increase the you may not increase the numbers at first, but you increase the chances for people to ride, which means a lot of those people are going to ride an a, a open and a production race.
1: Yeah, some of them will duel up. I mean, whether it be maybe they 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 qualified in their first race, but now they want to do some testing or something.
0: Or they Who just got to win both classes. Or
1: they want to win both classes. Exactly. You know, when some people might have a problem with that, like that's not fair,
0: but. I mean, <laughs> yeah, there's, to my knowledge, there's been one person to win the open. The, the production. A, the production A and the and pro the
1: program. A- so it'd be a- like a triple crown. It, I mean, yeah. that could be a whole nother championship. If somebody got all three, that could be like a special,
0: um you know for I don't for works how many classes he won that year but he won at one one race garen fuller won all three and yeah. and he did it in havasu of Nice. All three.
1: Right? i love this track though
0: <laughs> it's my favorite too it, it,
1: it i think what i like about it is maybe it's the endurance factor <sighs> it just separates things. It's a little different than the normal fast paced typical tracks that we run. It's a little tighter. It's way rougher. There's a, there's a, it's about attrition, endurance, you know, using your brain training, all of those things. It like kind of comes full circle. There's a motocross track, you know, the jumps are actually there because some of the tracks we go to, you know, they're, There's not a whole lot of MX section. I wouldn't say Havasu is the best motocross section, but at least it has that. And then you have the lagoon jump and you got to race along the beach, which is kind of cool. So, and then it's usually hot.
0: (laughs) I've been there during the monsoon and I've been there when it was like 112. Yep. And it was the same month.
1: Oh, yeah. We fluctuate so drastically. I can remember one of my women's A races. I don't remember what year it was. Um, And I don't think I was living in Havasu at the time. But anyway, I won that race. And I can remember I was the only one that didn't stop for water. I think the other girls stopped every lap and it was, it was hot. It was like definitely in the hundreds, but (laughs) I could just remember like everybody getting sick and just being, and I just, it felt so great, <laughs> you know, which is, I, you know, it just, it was like, wow, that was cool. It didn't really affect me, you know?
0: Um,
1: so I didn't mind it. I uh, actually kind of, I, I like
0: those. I loved it when, when it was hot, it was easier. Um, the one thing I liked about Havasu or like about Havasu is it's a teaching facility. Just when, so how do you mean? Pardon?
1: How do you mean that?
0: Well, being that it's a teaching facility is means that you can come there with a machine that's prepped for rocks, prepped for sand, prepped for the abuse and miss something because you'd never had that problem in that environment. So it teaches you the things that you know about. The what the machine's going to go through, from rocks in the rotor to um, the pound the frame's going to take, which is going to dislodge things that, that are going to come loose. Um, and when you're a student of of what it is, like I am,
1: right, it's right you know, up your alley.
0: Oh, yeah, you just you just go places just to learn what what you're going to break, so that you can build it better. Um, so that you never have that issue so that you can go to that facility and conquer it. Right. Um, you know, I mean, Eichner and I had a lot of good luck there and, um, I had personal luck there as well. I mean, right. call it luck, but maybe it was skill. I think it was luck.
1: I think it's a combination of the two, (laughs) you know, it's smarts and, you know, skill and luck.
0: Yeah. You 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 just you're just doing the best you can at the given moment, and uh, I just enjoy that. Like you go to Mesquite. I I, if we never went to Mesquite ever again, I'm good with it. I've been there, (laughs) done that. Got the t-shirt. You know, broke ribs. Done. Don't need to go back.
1: Yeah, I think we all have our favorite tracks and our least favorite tracks,
0: for sure. I don't remember where it was. It was a 2004 in Idaho.
1: Was it Payette?
0: It was the very first ATV-only works race.
1: I don't... That was before my time,
0: so... And I don't remember. We went there two or three years in a row, but we started there in in 2004. I really liked that place. It was a lot of fun.
1: I wonder if it was Clay Peaks in Payette. Anyway, I love that track. I would absolutely love to go back there and get to race that on a 450. I only got to race it on my little bumblebee 400 and I could barely make it up those Hills.
0: <laughs> well, I rode it on a KFX 700.
1: Nice. <laughs> well, come
0: on now. You know, my rubber band was, was doing all it could to, to make it over the big center, t- the big center jump they had there. The yeah. These would catch air just before the top and land you know halfway down the bottom right my 700 would just barely break traction at the very tip top and then be right back on the ground yeah so that track
1: was rad if it's the one the same one i'm thinking of you started on a hill so you started and you went up the hill and then you like dog lake back down but i can remember just barely making it up that hill and then there was one on the backside as well that everybody would just catch me on because i'm just like
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> hoping i make it and i actually the one year it rained really bad it was super muddy and i was on my 400 ex and i can remember like the third lap of the race i didn't make it up the hill the start hill and um, I made it three quarters of the way. And so I had to roll backwards and Sean had come up at that time. And he he's like, just keep your handlebars straight. Keep your wheel straight. Make sure you don't turn your handlebars. And so I'm rolling back down. Well, it caught a mud rut and it flipped me and I rolled, you know, cartwheeled yeah. down the hill. And the first thing he says to me. Is I told you to keep your will straight. And I'm like, are you kidding? How about are you okay? <laughs> like, <laughs> are you hurt? And I just, it was so funny. I Yeah. Yeah. That's one of my favorites. I love that track. We just went to, where did we just go?
0: A my flat brain. field.
1: Oh, yeah. Idaho. That was okay. I actually kind of like that.
0: Well, everything that I heard about it, that it it just wasn't rough nope. was straightaways.
1: So it was rough in a different way. I felt like if you, you had to really be on point with their throttle control and your braking control. If you didn't have those two dialed, you're going to lose so much time spinning in the corners and so much time. I saw so many pirouettes out there. From, you know, either over acceleration or, you know, slamming the rear brakes, you know, or it's like slick. And then you had braking bumps. So you would get arm pump from, you know, just high speeds. So I don't know. It was different.
0: Yeah, it it, it always is. And, and the perspective that you get from all the different riders and the individuals is always the feedback is always different. Absolutely.
1: It doesn't hurt, hurt that I was on a brand new bike that was just, everything was so tight on it and was where it needed to be and performed well, you know, and then I also won in the women's class, which always helps you like a track, you know, <laughs> I mean, it's hard to hate something when you win, you know, you you can kind of complain a little bit, but overall, you usually have a good time. So that definitely helps.
0: <laughs> tired, you know, there's all these things that don't happen when you win.
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It mm-hmm. makes it a lot easier to like things. It's just, uh, yeah, it's a good feeling.
0: Why do we do this?
1: That's exactly that right there.
0: <laughs> you need to, we did. We never went to the races to get second.
1: Nope. You know what I will say though, about my, I, I don't know, like everybody's different. Like some people, if they can't win or they're not winning, they won't compete. And that's okay. I've kind of always been the type that I'll, I'll continue to push like until I'll just keep going. I you know, I don't know how to word that the right way, but it's just I did it. I spent quite a bit of my career getting my ass handed to me. Let's just put it that way. And I still stuck with it. Um, you know, we talked about my background. When I started, I raced the women's B C class because they didn't have a, a C class. And so essentially I was racing against the women's B class because they're you know, there was no division and, um, I got bumped up to the women's B or they split it. I think the next year I only did three races the first year in 2006, cause I broke my arm up in Washington, but when they split it, I raced the women's B class for maybe a couple of races and I was having a good battle with another girl. I think her name was Jennifer Williams and we were having good battles. Like we weren't obliterating the competition. You know we weren't ahead by a ton, uh but there was one race, I think up in Washington where I think three out of five of the women's A classes had something go wrong, like they broke or something, and so her and I, I think ended up finishing in the top percentage of the women's A class, so they called us up and bumped us up there was and there was no disputing it we couldn't it was done
0: <laughs>
1: and so. I went from somewhat being competitive to getting lapped and they still didn't correct it. So I spent the next two years essentially getting lapped by my competition, which I'm not going to lie. It was hard. Like it sucked. There was times, you know, it's not very friendly up here when that's happening, but I stuck with it and, you know, I finally found my groove, but you know, it's unfortunate because Jennifer quit. She's like, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to travel around to get, you know, last place and lapped, you know, I should be racing the B class. We should be racing, you know, in our own division where we were. And so, and it sucks because I was also competitive in the men's class. I was racing the, uh, the men's production C or open C or whatever. And I was leading that, but again, not dominating. We were having good battles. And when I got bumped up to women's a, I raced one more men's C and then I got disputed and they bumped me to men's B and there I was getting <laughs> lapped by the men's class as well. So it was rough. Um, definitely not what I would recommend to any of the, you know, amateur racers coming up through the ranks. You know, I, I, there's a couple of girls I talked to and I said, you know, stay in the class that you're competitive with and get those experiences, get that confidence, get those championships. Cause it means, you know, it helps, it definitely will make your road a little bit easier and a hell of a lot more
0: fun. Um, So we've always tried to teach progression. Exactly. Dominate the C class, move to the B class. Exactly. The B class, move to the A class. Then when you dominate the A class or you win the pro-am. Boom. Yep. If you're old, if you're age appropriate, like, you know, 15, 16 is too young to go to the pro class. In my opinion.
1: I, yes. I, yeah, I, I agree. Cause there's still a lot of learning to be done there. A maturing.
0: Yes. Yes.
1: I feel like it's a, a dangerous thing to let a, a younger person in that age range to race in the pro class. I mean, some kids are a little bit better at it than others, but I think some there's just, it's just that age they're still not fully developed their brain doesn't make sound decisions yet
0: well there's no going back
1: well and that too i mean if you jump once up
0: you go, once you go to the pro class you're there <laughs> you know yeah. i know a couple i know a couple guys that went had to go to the pro class and it ruined them yeah they needed to stay down maybe they would have been maybe they would have been career amateurs maybe they and, would have kept but or maybe they would have seasoned themselves learned and yeah. progressed and then rolled into the pro class when they were ready physically and mentally ready mostly mentally but yeah. 16 17 some of them kids are 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 fully grown men and 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 can handle it but others there's they haven't even got they 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 haven't even become men yet they're yeah. still boys and they still think like boys yep and, when you put them against a 40 year old Bo bear and it's racing to feed his family, it is not not going to end well for that young man. And Bo is a clean guy. Oh, for
1: sure. Bo's a, Bo's I love Bo.
0: he's not going to tolerate.
1: No. I mean, at the end of the day, that's his livelihood. And as it should be, I mean, that's the pro class. It's the top of the top. Yep. I mean,
0: you, you know, Sloan, and be respected, you know,
1: there's a certain level of respect.
0: Yeah. And unfortunately in our society today, a lot of people don't look at the progression of these older pros as needing that same, that, that respect. And, and, I I disagree I think that no you don't move over for them no you don't let them pass you no you make them earn it but you still have to respect that knowledge that's right. That I mean
1: it's like all of that's got like that fine line you know yeah with the yeah. whole right of passing and holding up and I mean I've had my mistakes um <laughs> you know, especially when they mix us with the pros, it's very, uh, intimidating and frustrating as an amateur to be put in. When I was racing pro-am, it was expected. I didn't like when they put the pros in the Sunday race with the amateurs that, I mean, if I'm being straight up honest, that pissed me off. Like, because the pros that's their livelihood, like, right. Like, but I'm out here paying to race my race as well. And it matters, you know? And so it, it could mess up. I mean, or, you know, even the practice sometimes is a little, it used to bother me a lot more because I would, even though it's just their practice, I would be too concerned with, Oh God, I got to get out of their way or like whatever. And then it would mess up my race, you know, type deal or so. Yeah. I, there's definitely. I think there's a lot of learning to be had and I think you're right. Like it's a whole progression. And if they jump up to, yeah,
0: it's, it it, it goes from every, it goes from C class to B class to B class to A class. You always go through a mental transition and you have riders that make those mental transitions and it never phases them. And then you have other riders that never can make the mental transition.
1: You know, a perfect example of that actually is you could, for instance, let's say pro-am pro, right? You have a pro-ammer and they're finishing well within the pro ranks, easy peasy, right? Like yep. they're doing exceptionally well. They bump up. Now all of a sudden that they're racing in that class, for some reason, something shifts and they're doing worse than what they were doing when they were racing pro-am.
0: Sanford, last you know? year, when he was, at, when he was winning his title in the pro-am he was running in the, in the upper ranks of the pros now he's running you know fifth or or, or back
1: yeah I th- and happened? I think that's a progression I think I think it's a believing thing too maybe like you have to believe you know before it's like there's a carrot in front of you and I much rather be the carrot I mean I'd much rather have a carrot than be the carrot Yep. you know and so I think that 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 plays a A thing in it as well. You know, when they're the pro am, there's nothing to lose. If you catch a pro, it's like, hell yeah, you know, I'm gonna catch those guys. Like, let's see how far into the pro class I can get. And then once you're a pro, you're like,
0: oh. Well, they have to figure out, they have to figure out they belong.
1: Exactly. That they that they belong there, that they are capable, you know, they have the skill, the speed, the talent.
0: It takes about three years to become a pro, you know. And and you can look at some of the guy's progressions, Logan, his progression. Mm-hmm. You're in the pro class. He became a pro. Yeah. He's fast. He's, he's, he's getting it. He, mm-hmm. He's starting to make the moves, starting to do the things that pros do, starting to ride more aggressively, you know, Sloan's third year in the pro class, same thing. He's starting got, to
1: believe it. It's like, yep. I think it's dangerous. That's the thing when any competitor, any class is when they start to believe it. That's that's when you got a problem. Like if you've been dominating and another rider comes up through the ranks, you might be spanking them at first, but it's just, they just need that little thread that where they can start to believe that it's possible. And then when those start to stack, you know, that's when that confidence builds. And then all of a sudden they start.
0: Well, my dad always told me he says, "You keep your foot on the neck of your competitor as long as you can. <laughs> the moment you relax, they're going to figure it out."
1: Yep, exactly.
0: So you pass them and bro- you brutalize them as much as you can and destroy them, and you know have those big leads. And you do these things because that takes their confidence away. Well, I can't go that fast. I can't do that. And 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 they don't realize that you're just as tired or exactly it's huge, you know, you could do to get that little bit of lead. And then you're just hoping
1: it's enough, (laughs) you know, (laughs) exactly.
0: Exactly.
1: Yeah, Yeah. no. And I think that's getting back to the women's class. I think having the whole scope, meaning beginner all the way up to pro, it's just going to make that more possible, you know, for more girls. It'll also give, Younger girls, something to strive towards, you know, and then I think that'll be on us, Tori, myself, Lane, to, you know, not only pave the way, but also help lift them up, you know, provide examples. And, you know, we're working on that. We're trying to be more diligent about social media and stuff. Um you know, you mentioned us getting back to the East Coast. I would love to. I'm hoping that we can work that out. Uh, Rick and I have been trying to line that up for a few years now.
0: Are you going to go XC or are you going to go motocross?
1: Um, Off the top, I, you know, definitely XC. I wouldn't mind trying motocross. Motor, motocross is definitely a weakness of mine. I, it's like half a dozen, one, six, the other on it it could be down to the day, whether or not I feel comfortable on a motocross track one day, I could be like hitting all the jumps, mostly clearing all of them. And then another day it could be like, uh, I just, something feels off and I'm, I'm like casing everything or maybe not even like hitting it, you know, I'm just rolling. So I think for me to go back and do motocross, I would have to really dial that in. Cause I definitely don't want to go out there and just get smoked. <laughs> you know, I feel like if you're going to sign up for motocross or at least myself and what class I would go in. I feel like I should be a heck of a lot more consistent with my my jumping abilities. I, I
0: totally get it. I'm a I'm a keep my wheels on the ground guy.
1: Yeah. I mean, I love jumping when it feels good, but there's I'm older. There's a certain level of not wanting to get hurt. You know, I have other interests. Um I mountain bike a lot. In fact, I mountain bike more than I do ATVs
0: You Uh, on bikes or do you just ride them?
1: Um, I have raced, I've done some XC races. I've done enduro. Uh, the only thing I haven't done is downhill, like specifically downhill, but enduro is downhill, but it has XC, you know, you have to climb and stuff like that. So, um, I prefer just playing like riding. Uh, my favorite is, you know, bike park where you get to ride the chairlift up and then you just bomb down on the, on the bike. (laughs) It's cheating. Uh, <laughs> no, it's not. I do both. Um, you know, I don't mind pedaling and stuff. But anyway, that, that's always in the back of my head. You know, I definitely am. a. I think of the risks involved. And I think as I've gotten older, that's gotten worse, which has affected my racing to an extent. I think, uh, you know, younger kids or the younger groups tend to be a little more fearless. They have, you know, maybe haven't experienced the big... Potentially life-changing injuries, you know, that, that are hard to come back from. I've had quite a few, you know, decent injuries on the quad. And so that's sort of always in the back of my mind, you know, and as you get older, you don't heal as fast. Um, Sometimes those injuries don't go away. So
0: yeah, definitely a factor. That's the thing with the young kids, you know, that you see all these kids and they're just flying and you just go, Oh yeah that you know that the way they're riding, they haven't fell off yet.
1: Yeah. You know, and I never wish anybody any harm. I, you know, I don't, if they go through their whole career, never have that moment money for them, you know, jealous. Yeah. Super jealous. But you know, at the end of the day, it's not usually a matter of if, but when, and the only thing I can hope is, is that it's not something that's significant, you know? So that's comes with that maturity thing too, you know?
0: well you know it, you also the younger people such as yourself you're, yeah. you're smarter <laughs> yeah. than than us older guys and because i didn't go to the doctor i didn't go get looked at i didn't go and take care of myself when i crashed i just dealt with it i still yeah. went the same way and it ended it ended my ability to race
1: yeah well you're giving me a lot more credit than i actually deserve i've had some of my most major injuries were never, I never went. Like I've broken my arm probably six times. Those obviously you have to go to the doctor for. Um, I crashed at a whiplash race in Cinder's Flagstaff, which is probably one of my favorite races to ever race. Um, I'm pretty sure I broke my tailbone but I never went to the doctor. There's nothing you can do for it. I've broken ribs, but again, it's something you can't do anything for. So I won't go. And then, um, probably one of my worst crashes was in a side-by-side. I got lucky enough to race those for like a half a year and I didn't have a neck protection. And on the start at prim, I got hit and side, you know, flipped me and then I flipped. And so my neck, went all over the place. And so I still have a lot of instability with that. In fact, it affects, affects me. It can happen at any moment, but my neck and my upper back will just completely go out. So that's always a fear too. You know, when I'm out there racing, it's like, what if there's something I never had it checked, which is a terrible, (laughs) (laughs) terrible thing. But you know, it's just one of those things where, you know,
0: I get it. I get it. Cause I I fell off in Idaho. And at the time I thought that I dislocated my shoulder. Yeah. Got it back in. And two weeks later I flew to France and rode Pendezvous.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: Well, 10 years later, <laughs> working in the shop, and I finally told my brother, I says, I can't handle it. I, I gotta go to the doctor. My yeah. so bad. And I had muscle atrophy, so my bicep was smaller. Yep. Shoulder, I had less movement, and I couldn't lift heavy things. I still, I can, but can't. Right. I broke the shoulder joint, the ball, and had dislocated it. And it grew back with a, um, I don't even know what you call it, but like a finger inside the joint, so the arm doesn't move. Right. In the socket now, and it will pop out. I mean, I could pick up my phone and, and it would pop out. And then when I rotate my wrist the other way, pops back in. Right. So
1: the cool trick, you got a cool party trick
0: <laughs> uh, no, because it, it, you can't see it move. No, I, I'm just, you know,
1: I'm just kidding. <laughs> you yeah. know, the unfortunate thing about a shoulder too, is it's, it's an unstable uh, joint anyway. It's not a full ball and socket. So once you mess it up, you're pretty much
0: well, if I would have went in and let him put me in the immobile it first.
1: Immobilized months, it. Yeah.
0: You know, I had You'd a, you know,
1: way better position than you are now.
0: Yep. And I had a ride with Kawasaki and I didn't want to mess it up. Yep. And you know, it wasn't a paying ride, but it was still a ride. You know, I was still getting, yes. tickets. and. I got an opportunity to go to France to race.
1: Say no more. I would have done the same thing.
0: And I would have never got to go back it, you know, if I didn't go. So yeah, I went and had a ball and, and, uh, got to race and, and, uh, you know, rode I rode more that race than any of my other teammates. Cause both of them were injured. And right. Quit. And I was <laughs> smart enough to tell them oh, I'm hurt too. I don't want to ride, but I wanted yeah. to, I just rode, didn't hurt. So I rode.
1: Yeah.
0: I had a blast. Loved it.
1: Yep. Um, you know, and I think, most of us, I mean, a lot of us, I mean, at least the, the crew that I, I seem to be around is, you know, similar. I mean, my husband is a perfect example of choices, you know, as far as, I mean, he he's had just in the time that I've known him so many injuries and, and they're not like little ones. And a lot of times he won't go to the hospital. I mean, there's been nights where we've been stitching him up or I mean, who knows what, I mean, most of them are like, he stitches himself up or I'll assist if, if he needs it. But I mean, he refuses to go to the doctor unless it's like dire. I think uh, he broke his femur that we were supposed to go to Tennessee for the iron or was it Tennessee or Indiana? One of them for the XC the Ironman or something like that two years in a row. And the first year he broke his femur and had to have surgery and so he was out i mean he raced like three weeks later <laughs> not supposed to but eh. and then the following year we're like we'll go same month it was july he broke his tib fib at paula and so <laughs> we were out again i mean he did race works with that as well with the cast on we went and got like a um size 13 converse shoe and like kind of cut it and then duct taped it to his boot or to his you know his his cast so he could put his foot down on the peg but, i mean that's just the kind of thing that we do you know it's you know probably why one of the things that we mesh so well is because our personalities are very similar although i feel like he's a, a bigger badass <laughs> for sure um, and he's definitely had more injuries but i mean that's just par for the course you know we're racers we're diehards, you know, we make bad decisions sometimes when it comes to racing or not racing, Oh,
0: you know, especially
1: when something, you know, is new and exciting. For instance, like you did the, I would love to do that race in France. Um, I got very fortunate and got to do the one in Canada three years for Elka. Right. And that was just,
0: I uh, got, I got to ride it one year with you.
1: That was an absolute ball. I had so much fun at that race. Um, I, you know, it was probably just cause of the experience, but it was like, when I went there, I got a taste of what it would be like to be pro, you know, where people are watching you they care, you know, they're like, I don't know how to describe it, but it was, it was rad.
0: You get to go to rendezvous and there's 25,000 fans for an ATV race. And you're just like, whoa why can't we do this in the state?
1: Yeah. Why can't we recreate it? You know? Cause that was, that was so much fun.
0: Oh, I had a ball there. You know, it was just unfortunately that we cooked that we cooked that poor stock Yamaha.
1: I don't remember what year that was. Was that the year that we all blew our motors?
0: <laughs> no, you, you didn't, you finished, you did well.
1: Okay. Yeah. The, the one, the last year we did it, I iron Manned it and I got third. Um, and then I said, I would never do that again, but I probably would. If the opportunity presented itself again, I would have ride amnesia is what I call that. Yep. And I would do it again, but that was brutal. 12 hours, you know, it's separated four hour segments, but still that was.
0: Oh yeah. And then that was not an easy place to ride. No,
1: no, I would have been probably fine on like, say a works course or something like that for that long, but. That little one mile, what was it? One and a half, two miles, maybe three miles tops of sand whoops, like
0: whoops after whoops after whoops after whoops. It's the only place that I think that's worse than mesquite.
1: <laughs> you don't like mesquite,
0: huh? I, I can't stand that place. I yeah, I just, I just don't like, uh, I just don't like it for some reason. I just don't like mesquite. Um,
1: yeah, you wouldn't like cinders then if you don't like mesquite. The thing about the Canada race, it was so bad that people were running fronts all the way around, you know, like skinny tires all the way around because the ruts were so deep. I can remember times where you're like trying to ride on top of the ruts yep, because it was smoother. And then those would create, you know, it was just like each each lap, it'd be a different line because people were trying different things because it was just so deep in the back section. And then you had that like long straightaway where you're just ripping in front of the crowd.
0: And then, yeah, our poor little bike just freaking ate itself.
1: Yep. Well, that's the thing. I think that race is notorious for that because it's just so.
0: Well, we wrote a we wrote a, a demo from Yamaha. And it's got the engine plugs, like on a Honda, they're aluminum. Okay. Well, on that Yamaha, they were plastic. Oh, shoot. In the middle of the night, they they came out. And knowing what I know now, we put aluminum ones in them all the time. Right. Older Yamahas came with aluminum ones. So you didn't have to think about it. Right. I just didn't even think about it. It's
1: like such a small thing where you're like, damn it. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't,
0: wasn't totally into prepping the whole bike. Uh, I was riding with Eli Madero and Robin Fawcett and Eli took over a bunch of the duties of doing the bike and, and didn't even think anything of it in the middle of the night. He comes riding in, in the night section and there's oil all over everything and there's no engine plugs in it. Yeah. Oops. So yeah, we put, we put the oil back in the engine because it didn't have any so you knew we knew the result we knew it was gonna happen
1: yeah it was a time bomb
0: but we rode it as long as we could and you know yep been there i'm sure the yamaha guys were not happy with us
1: probably not (laughs) (laughs) i know we uh we we got our i did the uh iron man on the ktm oh geez and it was a running joke because it was like a ktm had never finished that race and you finished my that was a cluster. Um, Rick went through two motors and my motor, I went through one motor. We swapped to his first or that was having issues. And then it was, it was leaking oil bad. So I was stopping, I think we had it to where I had to stop every 10 to 15 minutes to put oil in, oil in, oil in, oil in. Yes. And so, you know, and it sucks because you have that Stupid section where you got to go super slow through the pits. Yep. You know, and so I had to do that. I mean, I was surprised that I was able to pull off a third because of all the issues I was having. But yeah, I mean, I I got it to finish, but it wasn't pretty. Um,
0: Finishing's finishing, isn't
1: it? It's finishing. I finished. That's all on paper. (laughs)
0: That probably matters, right? Right. I I I would love to. I want to ask you a question. Not to change the subject. Sorry about that. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, that's okay. Um, and I've been thinking about this for thirty minutes while we were talking.
1: You're like holding on to it. <laughs> yeah,
0: and I wanted I want to get it out. When you were racing in the in the women's A class, you raced against Angela,
1: Angela Butler, Julie Russell, Yep, Amy Horst,
0: okay. Horst. Okay. Um
1: trying to remember some of the other names when I first went up
0: some real powerhouses.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. It was no joke. I mean, I, I would love, I mean, I'm, this is the thought I had too, is if they were to open up a pro class, look, I mean, they said they are, so let's just go with when they open up the pro class for the women. I'm interested to see if we can get any of them to come out of retirement, you know, I don't think I know it. It's tricky. I know Julie, you know, she's got, she's a mom now and it's I been
0: think get Julie to do it.
1: And it's been years and I get it, but it would just be cool. Well,
0: you know, Oh, know that Angela got on a quad. I don't know if it was the beginning of this year or the end of last year. And, and the, the, I don't know all the details, but she got on a quad and won out and won.
1: Nice. Well, you know, it's one of those things that once you got it, I don't think it ever really leaves you. It's just a matter of endurance and, you know, getting back into the groove.
0: No offense, but I think that that is one of the toughest people I've ever met in my life.
1: She was a badass from what I, I mean, I didn't know her super well. Cause like I said, I was just, I think I was just coming into the A class. Uh, or maybe she raced the women's A the year before I went. I can't remember what year I went women's day. It was really, really early in my, my career. It was, I mean, I think I only raced a year before I was in the, the a class, but I remember her racing and I remember her qualifying for pro-am. I think she was one of the first females to do that.
0: Yes. The best she ever got was fifth.
1: Yeah. I think I looked that up because I was trying to figure out what the, the top female finish was in that. And the other one was Tammy Balser. Um, she was qualifying for and racing pro-ams for the time yeah. that she was racing.
0: She was good too. Mm-hmm. She's a mom now. She's got, she's, got Oh, is two, she? Yep, She's got two kids.
1: That's crazy. Holy crap. I, yeah, I remember
0: have- her with her on Facebook. That's and crazy. I get to see her kids growing up and, and that's, it, it's pretty awesome.
1: Oh, that's rad. I know. I love seeing Julie's stuff
0: too. I actually don't, I, for some reason I don't get any of that.
1: Her little boy is learning so much about life. I am a little bit jealous. That kid is going to be so useful when he's older. You know, like, I don't think a lot of kids get that anymore. I mean, this is totally off topic, but I've, I just think it's incredible. I mean, that little kid, he knows how to work, probably a tractor. He knows how to farm and tool all that and That's... probably build a house. He could probably... <laughs> you know, work at a job site. I think it's pretty rad.
0: You know, Doug Roll is pretty handy with a lot of that stuff too.
1: Yeah. And so is Julie. Yep. You know, so, and they're very, he's very involved with what they do. And I think that's so cool. Um, totally off topic, but
0: <laughs> it's, it's great because you know, teaching the youth, uh, uh, you know, my son worked Dan, I think, you know, my son, Danny.
1: Yep. I raced against him.
0: Yep. And, and he, uh, He's got three kids and lives in Idaho. Mm -hmm. My daughter's middle son, Wyatt, has mechanical aptitude at eight years old. That's insane. I love bringing him in the shop and having him work with me because he knows the righty-tighty, and he already looks at things. and And we're building an LT80. Well. Anybody knows, okay, I build quads, right? I should be able to whip this thing back together. And, you know, I've never worked on an LT80 like this. I've never taken one to the frame and brought it back up. Sorry. yeah. I don't know. I don't remember where all the nuts and bolts go. So I have to use one of the other LT80s I have.
1: Right. Do- as a sample or as a demo. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> we were working on the rear end of this thing the other day and, and I put it together wrong. And he was shaking his head. He didn't tell me I did it wrong. What he knew? Yeah, he, I think he knew <laughs> ahead of time. And, and I'm just like, really, really. He's eight. How can he? They're sponges. Know? That's why, Grandpa. You need to look at the other bike again. Oh. <laughs> so, it, I'm I'm really looking forward to teaching. You know.
1: No, and it's good that he wants to learn too. It's a very handy skill, not just for quad building, but I mean, it really kind of it spreads across the board. I mean, when you grow up and you live out on your own things break, you know, and that's one less thing you're going to have to pay somebody to fix and worry whether or not they're going to do a good job or not, you know? So I think, uh,
0: yeah. Changing the wheel bearings in the, in, in the car, who does that anymore?
1: Even the brakes, even the oil, you know, small things. I mean, uh,
0: when I was a kid, we changed our own oil. We worked on our vehicles. You know, Dad, we did what we could. You know, if we didn't know, we had friends that knew, and right. You know, you just worked on everything. And I remember being up at my dad's shop back in the yes, a long time ago, <laughs> before <laughs> you were born, most likely. Uh, Maybe <laughs> <laughs> changing the oil at late at night. You know, working on the, the 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 truck, changing the spark plugs, doing the things like that. Right. You know? I decided right then, I don't want to be a car mechanic. Nope. (laughs) uh, So now I don't work on my own cars. Uh, If I have to work on my car, we have issues. Right. The whole house is unhappy because I'm unhappy.
1: Makes sense.
0: And everybody knows.
1: Yep. (laughs) You know, it's interesting. You know, it's another thing with kids, talking about kids. I don't have any personally. Um, But I think that's something... That's also a little bit different, obviously, with the women, the women's side of things is because, uh, well, obviously, we're the ones that have the babies. And so there's quite a bit of time that needs to be taken to explore that or to go through that. And I think that's something that also changes the dynamic of the women's classes and stuff like that. Um, I don't know. I just thinking about kids, it's something that's interesting is that, you know, a lot of times you might have girls that race from young age up until their maybe teenage years, they go off to college, they might take a break, then they have kids and then they may come back, you know, when they're a little, you know, maybe mid twenties or something like that.
0: And so, but sometimes they never, they never, or
1: they never make it back, you know? And so, you know, that may be why the women's class sometimes is a little bit different with the numbers compared to say the other classes. But maybe if there's something worthwhile there, it may hold a little bit more value or something like that. I don't know, but it's just it's interesting. I think it's something that definitely needs to be looked at, you
0: know, as far as I I think that I think that women have such an amazing responsibility in bearing children that Mm -hmm. have no concept we're not we're not put here for the same reasons and you know I, I'm a knuckle dragger I protect my wife with my life uh, I will die for her no problem but there are certain things about her that I don't get and it's not well, my job to get them it's my job to yeah,
1: just be okay with it
0: <laughs> up and listen because uh, you know trust me I've had a couple of other wives and this one I've learned that you know what? Maybe she is right. Maybe it'd be better for me to just shut up and do as I'm told. Mm-hmm. And that we have different dynamics. We have different jobs in life. And there's I nothing- think
1: that's just across the board. You know, it's like the whole book: men are from Mars and women are from Venus, or whatever it is. You know, different languages, different ideas about what's important. Um, You know, men typically are a little more fearless and. I mean, that there's a running joke, that's why women live longer. It's because we actually think about things before we do them. And, you know, maybe I not.
0: <laughs> I don't see women on two ladders tied together, hanging off of an overhang. Yeah, exactly. Changing a uh, air conditioner on a third story, you know, window with no safety net. You know, I don't see women doing that. There might be, but I don't see them. Exactly. But, you know, <laughs> make the- I'm sure it's happened,
1: but yeah. They don't
0: make the videos with, for the men, for the women doing the stupid shit that men do.
1: Right. Statistically speaking. Yes. You know, (laughs) so agreed. I think there's obviously different dynamics with that. And I think that's why it's important to have separate classes in general, whether there's a pro class or not. And I'm, you know, I think it's, I don't want to, complain too much. At least we had that even when I first started, because I'm sure there was a time when there wasn't a women's class and you had to compete in the open, you know, men's class, but we're all very different animals when you separate the two gen, you know, well, let's not even go there.
0: (laughs) Genders. When you say males and females. Okay. I'll I'll say it. I'll put myself out there on the line. Yeah. Males and females. There's nobody else. There's nothing else.
1: Well, but, uh, but there's differences, you know, the bot is, this used to, I'm going to be real upfront. uh, This used to piss me off when I was younger, when they would tell me that I, and I learned this in college, specifically when I was doing my athletic training um, stuff is they told me it didn't matter. I could be, you could take two people, a male and a female. They're the same age. Genetically speaking, neither one necessarily has an advantage, right? And they're training the same. Everything's the same. They're eating the same, drinking the same. Everything's the same across the board. The male will always be faster and stronger. It doesn't matter. You know, if everything's same. now, if you have a male who maybe is like lazy, he's never trained a day in his life and whatever. And then you have a female who's training. She'll, there's a chance she'll beat him or whatever, but Overall, males are just built differently. You know, they're stronger, faster. They have fast twitch muscle fibers more than the females. Their muscles are different. Everything's different, you know, and it used to really just chap my butt. You,
0: you know who the, the greatest woman's tennis player of all time is? Serena Serena Williams. Right. Okay. She played the 120th or the 112th male or, or he's way, way back there. Right. And he beat her.
1: Yeah. It's, I mean, it's a great example. I mean, cause she's a powerhouse. I mean, it's, some would argue that she is up there in like, you know, the size and the strength and all that, but it still doesn't matter. Like at the end of the day,
0: he could serve faster than she could. Exactly.
1: I mean, I used to play tennis competitively back and, way and back.
0: He was, he's just, was he was just a better athlete because of his it's biology hey sorry you know i mean
1: it sucks it's not fair (laughs) but you get it doesn't matter you know at the end of the day it's
0: different like check this analogy out let's say we have a hundred people okay we have 99 men and one woman society dies because the men are fighting over the singular woman. Right. You have one man and 99 women society lives. Because they can still survive using the one man as the protector.
1: (laughs) Right. And And the the, 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 the source.
0: (laughs) Exactly. Where. The other way, the men yeah. killed themselves off because, right? You know, and w- w- what do they do? They send young men to war. You know, right. for thousands of years, and 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 those are the ones that were protectors. I mean, yeah.
1: well, and exactly. I think again, it comes back to biology. I mean, mentally, physically, everything. I mean, women are more compassionate; tend to be more compassionate. Um, You know, we think differently big time. Um,
0: Thank God. (laughs)
1: You know, we compliment each other. You know, we also butt heads. So completely off topic. But yeah, I think it's.
0: I think it's perfect. I I love the analogy because, you know, I think I've really tried with the podcast. Yes, I want to tell the ATV story and I want it to be out there. But I wanted to bring I wanted to bring the women's perspective to it. And the acknowledgement that without you, our industry isn't complete. And there are some men out there that are still knuckleheads that think it's all about them. It's not
1: right. You don't want to share the platform. You know, it's funny talking about that. When I first started, it was very different than it is today. Um, There was a time when I hid my hair. And you're probably like, why? Because if they saw my ponytail. If I passed them, I would almost without a shadow of a doubt, have another battle on my hand. Because it was like all of a sudden it would light a fire underneath of them. And they would pass me back or try to take me out. Or, or whatever, you know, and it would be somebody that, you know, you come up on so fast, you know, whatever the scenario is, but it would happen a lot. So I got to where I didn't wear the feminine colors. I would hide my hair. I mean, obviously some people, they know your number. So it's like, doesn't matter. But if it was like day passers or, or whatever, I didn't necessarily have to worry about them if I didn't look like a female out there. Cause it was like, I don't know, uh, maybe they just didn't like getting up. No, I know they didn't like getting passed by a female, you know? And so it was like, whereas normally they might not even, you know, bat an eyelash at somebody going by now all of a sudden they're like, Oh no, 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 no. I'm going to go catch her right? You know, stuff her in the next corner. I can, you know, like, <laughs> and, and that did happen. Um, you know, now I don't, it's, it's different. I don't feel like there's that animosity as much. Um, And I don't know if that's just because I'm a faster rider or if it's just there's. People are more accepting, you know, I do feel like the world is there is one thing I can say is that it's it's becoming a a better place for women in the the sport athletic realm. You know, we're being more accepted and and propped up. But, um, yeah, it wasn't always like that. It wasn't always welcome, you know, welcome, you know, received well type deal.
0: I don't I don't disagree with that. Um and and I have seen a turn and a difference. Um it started a little bit before your time, but yes.
1: I can only imagine what it was like for those that came before me. I mean back when
0: I think you you go back to Julie and you go back to Angela. And, you know, Angela's the type of gal that would just punch you in the face. Yep. <laughs> just to that, because she was, she was, she's the sweetest person you want to deal with. Yeah, Awesome gal. Just freaking awesome. But yeah, you tangle with her and you're, you're, you're. Oh, you're she was a beast.
1: Girl. I can remember seeing her cause she rode for with Doug or whatever, however, I don't know what their specific setup was, but, um, I remember seeing her at a race once, <laughs> And for some reason it just stuck in my mind. She was carrying her tires probably to go get mounted or something, but she was carrying four tires, yep, both the front and the rears on her person, like looped through her arms, just walking, walking from her pit down, down to the, you know, the area. It wasn't a short walk. And I'm like, damn, that's freaking
0: intense. You know? So uh, yeah, I, as you can tell, I'm an Angela fan. Yeah, She's, I didn't know her
1: very well um, just because I, you know, from what I did, I did have me. I'm sure we probably said hi or whatever. She was always friendly, but uh, yeah, I didn't know her. I can't say that I know her personally.
0: I got to know her from back east at the GNCCs, And then when she transferred back out to the the works on the West right. Coast, I had already known her and I'd I'd I watched her grow up. Yeah. You know, I seen her. Okay, I, I, so
1: I didn't know she raised the GNCCs. That makes a lot of sense now why she G-C. came Yeah.
0: See, the motor- oh,
1: motocross Okay. <laughs> yeah, it makes a lot of sense.
0: Yeah, she came from the motocross side. Um, we got to watch her grow up. Yeah. I remember seeing her play in the dirt as a little kid. That's crazy. Yeah.
1: I can relate, not with her, but with some of the kids with works. It's in mm, It's crazy. You're not even old.
0: You're not even old. I'm almost 40 whatever that's that's up
1: there you gotta give me a little just a little
0: bit of respect
1: you know <laughs> or not respect you're but respect,
0: like i'll give you credit but you're still <laughs> not old you still haven't got old yet yeah you're still a kid yeah you know i say the same things closer, to the i'm closer to 60 than than 50 so <laughs> that's
1: like the that's like the prime right there
0: yeah right yeah. <laughs> Who are you kidding? <sighs> Donna, it has been amazing. I've really enjoyed the conversation. Uh, I, I just appreciate so much that you take some time out of your busy schedule. I know I've been kind of, you know, sending messages out there for the last few months to, to make this happen. And I really appreciate you taking the time and, uh, and fit me in the schedule.
1: Yeah. I appreciate you inviting me out. And of course I enjoy it and anything I can do to help grow the sport and get more women out there racing and and just people in general, I mean, or, you know, open that up. If I also want to say, if there's any people out at the races that ever have questions or need some help or whatever, you know, Rick and I are always open to that, you know, we're you know, we like to be stewards of the, the racing, family and the work series and stuff like that. So I, our door is always open. I think people know that. And that's one thing I love about works and you got you and your program and, and everybody at the works races. It's a, it's a family oriented. Um,
0: it is it culture. Is. So. I'm trying yeah. to get back. I am trying to get back. <laughs> um, I miss my works family and and I am deeply trying to get back. Um, I have some things in the works. I've been working with a couple of riders. I've been building some machines and uh, hopefully, hopefully it'll bring me back. Um, you know, if it doesn't, uh, I had a great run and, and yeah,
1: you're through it with this stuff though. I mean, you're, you're still there with this. So that's,
0: Oh, well, it's not the same, you know, the, no. there's, there's, <laughs> there's nothing like rolling that bike to the starting line. And watching the adrenaline,
1: it. excitement, you know, the race gas, you know,
0: dude, it's it's <laughs> you, you know this, and 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 I don't have to tell you, but it's the relationship that you have with that individual that you're that you're working with, and the relationship that you have. This is going to sound weird, but it's the relationship you have with the machine that they're riding and you're working on. Is mm-hmm. anybody that tells you it's not a relationship, they're, they're fooling you.
1: Well, they just don't understand the dynamic. I get it. Um, it. It's something you put your blood, sweat and tears into, you know, both the writer and the the machine. So I get it. Absolutely.
0: And I miss, I truly miss that. You yeah. Know, I, I believe I still have some things to teach and um, I, I, I hope that it works out that I get to come back and be with my family and, and bring my, my wife and, and kids with me to, to see what I do.
1: Yeah, absolutely. The G babies.
0: Oh, I would love to bring them out. Yep. The that scares me is once I bring them out there, they're, they're gonna want to
1: race. race. <laughs> it's in
0: their blood. Well, Grandpa's oh, Grandpa's getting older, and if Grandpa's working on this pro bike over here, he's not gonna have time to do the kitty bike. Yeah. Yep. And and my daughter, Juliana, the oldest, is not forgiving when it comes to fulfilling things like that. Yeah. Know. She wants, Hey dad, you need to take care of this. Yeah. So that scares me a little bit, but I have, I have three daughters now, you know, and two sons and I have six grandkids.
1: Yep. That's a lot of attention.
0: (laughs) Three of my children haven't even had kids yet. Yep. So, uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's a little tough. I mean, if you've listened to any of the podcasts or anybody that does listen, knows that the baby Valeria, is the, one of the reasons that this all happens because she'll take this, she'll edit anything that needs to mm-hmm. be- edited. I met her, yep. I think. yeah. Uh, you might, yes, you might have.
1: At the school or whatever, right? Yep,
0: yes, you did. Yeah. she did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and she's a sweetheart. She loves this. Mm-hmm. She gravitates to the women that do it because it excites her and makes her think uh, that she's capable of doing anything. And I keep telling her, you can be anything you want to be. Absolutely, you just got to believe it. Yeah. Don't, don't, don't let some Neanderthal hold you back. <laughs> exactly.
1: Or society, yeah, everything, everything's possible.
0: Exactly. You know, so, uh, she's pretty awesome. Her older sister, Paula, um, is, how do I say it? She's kind of the brains behind some of the stuff we do because I'm not a social media person at all, which you probably- it takes a lot.
1: And it really does take a, a village or a tribe to get. I mean, if you want to do it right, it's, it's so much for one person to take on. So, and it's cool that you get to do it with your family, you know. Well,
0: it was. If it wasn't for those two ladies, this wouldn't happen. I couldn't. I couldn't edit it. I didn't know. <laughs> I don't know anything about this social media. Really, I'd be saying like, things. What? <laughs> I'd be saying and doing things that you're not supposed to do, and alienating everybody,
1: pushing and, buttons, and
0: exactly. So I. I <laughs> When I load this into the computer, which has taken me probably seven months to figure out how to do. <laughs> you laugh, but it's true. I know. <laughs> um, once I load it in the computer, I turn it over to Valeria. Yeah. Um,
1: and then she makes the magic happen.
0: Exactly. And and Ooh. I don't know exactly when this will come out, but we have some things coming. Uh, we have a website coming where the gear store so you can buy some ATV talk stuff. Nice um but all, all part of, this, of it yeah this is all new stuff to me uh, actually we make team shirts i don't know if you can see this well maybe you can but i make team oh, shirts oh yeah you know and uh, we're going to promote those and uh, i yeah i waited i waited uh i waited 12 years to get my own team shirt right you 12, should have had one a long time ago <laughs> with my picture on there and the we're, 12 years it took me 12, 12 years. years so I get it. And um I want to make sure that everybody understands that we need ambassadors like you and your husband to keep doing what you're doing, to keep going out there and, and taking care of the 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 newcomers and even helping some of the olders that have been there a while. Yeah. And we appreciate it immensely. Speaking
1: of him, you need to get him on here so he can talk about the whole shot program that we've got. I don't want to, you know, that's his we I help with it, but that's his baby.
0: Um <laughs> He's avoiding me. <laughs>
1: He's just, yeah, oh, I don't know. He's similar. He doesn't really know how all this stuff works. And so he probably is a little intimidated by it, but
0: maybe well, I can help him. What What he told me, he says, yeah, you got to talk to Donna. If she says we could do <laughs> something, then we can do it.
1: <laughs> or maybe, maybe you can do one with the both of us. So yeah, I can kind of help, you know?
0: Uh, hey, I'm, I'm totally up for it. Ian. But I
1: know, you know, I know there's some big things coming, even, I mean, the whole whole shot thing has kind of evolved into a rather large, uh, deal, which is really cool. Um, and then there's some new things that are possibly going to be happening for next year, which is crazy to think that it could get even better, but, uh, that would definitely be a cool, um, podcast conversation to have.
0: I'm ready whenever you guys want to do it, you just reach out and, and we'll get you on the schedule. I mean, you have the original email that I sent you. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. Those are my days that I tape. If you need something special, okay, to me, and we'll set it up and make it happen. Okay, um, I, I would tape during the day or different times Uh, if I didn't have a regular job.
1: Well, and we have our right, yeah, during the day typically won't work for us, it's evenings that are the best. So, same here, killing bugs during the morning. The days
0: <laughs> they live in the heat, huh? Do the bugs live in the heat?
1: Oh, absolutely. Scorpions, spiders, they all love it. Oh, well. Summertime's our busiest time.
0: So, you knock yourself out there. I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to stay on the sideline and watch. Okay. Right?
1: You're like, get out the blowtorch and the lighter.
0: <laughs> and then I'm just say, hey, Donna, I need a little help over here. Yeah, right. I got a spider on you.
1: <laughs> exactly. That
0: little bitty one on the wall right over there. That just, yeah, that, yep. That, that's the that's my job. In head, yeah. Can you take care of that, please? Mm-hmm. Cool. Uh, Awesome. That's so. Well, awesome. thanks
1: for having me, Lenny, and we'll get something planned for Ricky Bobby.
0: No problem, and I will reach out to you um, on the things that I need. Uh, okay. Before the episode drops, uh, let's uh, let's just stay in touch. You know? Okay, sounds good. And, and good luck for the rest of the year, and uh, maybe we'll also do a recap at the end of the year.
1: Yeah, with all of us, with all the
0: ladies. I'd love to love to. Yeah, I think that'd be cool. Um, Lane and I still haven't connected because she's, uh, all over the map and that's, yeah,
1: she's doing, she just did, um, I think a GNCC and then she's got best in the desert next. She's, she's kind of running the program. Like I didn't do the GNCCs, but, uh, we had a couple of years there, a few years where we were doing 55 races a year. It was just insane. Yep. But you know, it's fun to do that a couple of years.
0: <laughs> uh, I'm all for it because it just keeps you busy and on yep. right into the next season.
1: Oh, and we talk about progression. That makes a huge difference when you're riding every weekend.
0: So it does. It does. But, uh, you know, I mean, I, I wish that I could ride like that and not not, not anymore. Tell you that I can. Nope, not even close. <laughs> maybe, maybe from here to the mailbox. But that's about well, it. and it's
1: it's this too. <laughs> That's that takes a lot of money.
0: Well, I'm building a new 450 for myself. Nice. But I've been doing it. It's I've been building it for two years.
1: Right. Cool.
0: Still building it.
1: (laughs) That's how it goes, though. Especially (laughs) since it's yours, because it probably gets on the back burner to everything else.
0: So finally get to putting it together. It'll go pretty quick. But cool. Can't can't wait to see it. I am gonna hopefully get to come out and race. Hopefully. We'll see.
1: Yeah, I was just getting ready to say, are you going to come out and uh, we'll do see. a little sneak peek out?
0: <laughs> we'll see if I come out there. If I roll one out of the trailer, and 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 it's all mine, y- yeah, I'll be I'll be rolling it out on the track. Sweet. Well, hopefully that happens. I'd love to see that. Well, yeah, you'll be able to time me with a sundial, but okay.
1: <laughs> you say that, I'll believe it when I see it. All right. But all right.
0: We're gonna make that happen. Yeah. Thanks again, Donna. You have a great, you have a great night and I will be in touch with you. The team here at ATV Talk would love your feedback. Please email us at hello at atvtalkpodcast.com.
1: Brought to you by Take-Two Custom Tees. Screen printing experience that is dedicated to quality and customer service every time. More than 33 years in the industry's building racing programs and ATVs around the world. We field winners.
0: Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed the episode. If you did, don't forget to rate us on all available platforms and share us with your loved ones. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook for more ATV Talk News. I'll see you next time.